Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's open up in, in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to go out by way of podcast. I thank you, dear God, for being with us, Lord, and just blessing us and giving us the knowledge, dear God, and the understanding that we that we have, dear God, that we may teach your word, dear God, and to help someone, dear God, in some small way, Lord, whether it be lift, to just to lift you up, dear God, or help them to get closer to you or help them just to learn just a little bit more about you, Lord. God, and I pray if there be anyone that's lost, dear God, and out in sin, Lord, that you will just, God, just let these words, dear God, go to their heart and just uh, convict their heart, dear God, Lord, that they may give their heart and life to you before it's eternally too late. And God, just be with each and every one of those that are sick with this COVID-19. God, just touch them, dear Lord, and just move in their lives in a great and a mighty way, God, and touch their bodies, touch the cause of their sickness, dear God, and touch the symptoms, dear Lord, and remove them, dear God. And be with each and every one of those that are on the front lines, dear God, and the first responders and all those of the health care, uh, the elderly, dear God. Lord, I pray, God, that you just be with them, Lord, and protect them and, and bless them, dear God, for the work that they do. God, just have your way. Take, take my mind and my lips, dear God, and use them for your glory. For it's in Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Amen. Amen. Every once in a while, we we get up and and uh, we study, try to figure out exactly what we're going to do for the podcast. And every once in a while, uh, I come in here and I study, and I just I just can't get get nothing to going. Uh, you know, there's I I don't know exactly how to explain it, but there's when I when I know that there's something that the Lord wants me to talk about, I just know it, and I couldn't find that yesterday, and I came in this morning, and I just, I just really didn't have the the desire to go back and read and study what I'd read and studied yesterday. So I got to looking to other sources, and uh, this this what I'm going to speak about today just sort of jumped out at me, and it goes along with what we have been studying. Uh, we're going back into Exodus. But it's six reminders of who God is from the book of Exodus. And if we remember when we go back, if you uh, can remember uh, from the first part of our podcast when we first started, uh, we got to talking about how Moses uh, was born. And at the time that he was born, Pharaoh was trying to get rid of all the men children because uh, the children of Israel were, were getting so uh, so vast in number and everything that Pharaoh was afraid that if uh, somebody uh, came against them to war against them, that the Israelites would join with them and uh, that and would fight against Egypt. But little did Pharaoh know at that time that there was an army that was is going to come against Pharaoh. But it, this army was going to consist of uh, three three people. Uh, Aaron, Moses, and God himself. And I tell you what, when God comes comes against you and starts warring against you, you're in trouble. You're going to lose. There, there is no way, no possible way that you are going to win. And 
right now, you know, we're studying that the children of Israel is getting ready to go over into the promised land. And the Lord told them, he said, I'm going to go before you and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to spread fear and dread of the people that's in that land. And he said, you're going to go in and be able to take over as long as you do keep my commandments and my statutes and all that. But God had a plan for his people, his uh, Israelites. And uh, let me tell you something. From the time that God's plan, that God devised his plan to take the children out of Egypt till Moses came back to lead the children out of Egypt was 40 years. See, when when uh, the Pharaoh's daughter found him in the bulrushes, he went and he was in the palace, uh, castle, whatever it was, underneath Pharaoh, and he was, he was taught and he studied with some of the greatest teachers and scholars that ever was at that time, and he learned from them. When then he got in trouble and he left, and he, he left and went to uh, Midian, I believe it was, and there he met his wife and he worked for his uh, father-in-law, Jethro. He worked there for 40 years before that he came through the desert and he ran up on this bush that was burning and it, it, I don't believe that it was a, uh, one of those things that was out of place. Uh, it was something that they had seen quite a few many times, but the fact that that got the thing that got Moses's attention was the bush burned, but it wasn't consumed. It, it was still just the way it was. Uh, it would have been naturally, and then these flames was coming out of it. it. It wasn't burning up; it was just burning. And Moses, he had to he had to turn aside, and he had to go over and and figure out just exactly what was going on. But God had a plan for Moses and his people, and he wanted Moses to rescue them from bondage, and he calls a leader, uh, communicates his plan, reveals himself, and enables preparation, promises, and grace for the mission. And the book of Exodus, or the second book of Moses, describes how the Israelites became enslaved by Egyptians and how God rescues them from the oppression of Pharaoh. But I like the first part of that. He calls a leader. He calls someone to do a work for him. He communicates his plan. He tells Moses exactly what he wants him to do. And he reveals himself. He's, and he tells him exactly who he is. And he, he enables preparation. He he, uh, he tells him exactly what all he's going to do. Every aspect of this journey that Moses, that the God is sending Moses on, he, he's telling him exactly how that he needs to walk and what he needs to do. And he, he gives him uh, promises and grace for the mission. God does his same thing for you and I every day. Not one time has God ever call me to do anything and then just told me that um okay ted i want you to go start a podcast and then just walk off and leave me and expect me to do it myself by myself on my own without any help from him it will not happen it will not happen 
Because when God opens a door for you and invites you in and you accept that journey that you are about to go on, God walks with you every step. He gives you everything you need to do that job. Now, he don't give it to you all at one time. He does not give it to you all at one time. But he will give it to you. All you have to do is follow him and trust in him. He will take care of everything else. But he, he told Moses, uh, this is what I want you to do. And in Exodus 3 and 1, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father, in law the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even unto Herob. Now you remember Herob. Herob plays a great and and uh, a very great important part in the uh, children of Israel's life until they go in to possess the promised land. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Like I said, it wasn't the fact that the fire, the bush was burning that got Moses' attention. It was the fact that it was on fire, but it was not being consumed. It looked just, it looked completely natural it didn't turn black or it wasn't glowing or crackling or anything like that the fire was burning in this bush but it was not being consumed god sets out upon initiating his plan to rescue the israelites from slavery we can note at least six facets of his character and of his work with regard to moses he was selected to lead this deliverance. Examining principle from God's calling of Moses and how he interacted with his people can help us to understand God better. Through, through one old, old Testament story does not dictate how God will interact in a, in a specific way with uh, people across all the timelines. It is basically the same way that he does everybody. He, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing a burning bush or or some uh, great phenomenon like that when I when God called me to minister, but I do remember that uh, I thought about it quite a bit for a long time before I ever really realized that hey, God is really wanting me to do this, and God has really got to be kidding because there is no way that i can do this and I, I i can relate to moses i know exactly how moses feels and i know exactly what he's going through when he's standing there talking to the lord because i've been there i've been there and i and unlike moses i ran for a long time moses he had to do it and he had to do it right now it's, it's one of those things that the lord wanted him to do and he wanted him to do it now and so he had he had to give in, and he had to say, finally, say, fine, Lord, I, I will do it. But uh, God sees. Here is six ways, six things that, that uh, of things that happened and lets us know that exactly who God is 
in his interaction with Moses. <clears throat> and we can also, if we will take time to read uh, and look at our life and the calling that God had called us to do and how he called us, we, will, we, will, we can see these six things in our life because I did. We can first note that God is one who sees the opposition of his people, the oppression of his people. He knows, he sees all. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows when we're struggling. He knows when we're, when we're doing good. He knows when we're having problems. He knows everything about us. And he himself, he does not remove himself from witnessing our suffering. In other words, when we start suffering and, and we're going through hard times and different things like that, he don't distance himself from us like most people does. That's when he gets closest to us. That's when he's right there uh, and he wants to help us. All we have to do is just ask him. In Exodus 3, 7, he and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. He knows exactly what he's going through. He sees everything. It does not matter where you are at. God sees everything that you do in your life. Father, he, uh, furthermore, he wants his people to know and understand that his eyes and ears are on them all the time. He hears them. He, he hears every, he sees every tear. He hears every time we cry. He hears every time that, that we uh, mourn, uh, mourn and, and complain. He actually listens to our complaints and everything. God wants Moses to tell the others of his attentiveness. He wants Moses to tell his people, I've heard you. Now then, I'm going to do something about it. But like I said, to get everything in line to where that it will work out the way it's supposed to, it took God 40 years to do it. 80 years, sorry. It took God 80 years to get it all lined out and set up in the way... It didn't take God that long. It take God uh, moving the people around and getting them to understand and have the knowledge that they need to do the job when it came to pass, when it came time to do it. You know, it took me a long time to get this podcast set up and running. I had to learn a lot. I, uh, I had no idea about any of this stuff. Uh, there's still things that I want to do that I really don't have any idea how to do, but I'm, I'm at some point in time I'm I've got to do it. But the thing about it is, is I trusted in the Lord to help me get this together. Yeah, I, I had a lot. There was I shed a lot of tears, and I I had to ask God to forgive me for um, for messing up and and forgetting things. Uh, and Lord and I had quite a few talks. Uh, during this time but this listen this was all a learning experience for me and you know I know what it's like to be in a position to where that the Lord called me to do something 
that number one, I didn't really want to do, and number two, I was not qualified to do, and and but yet I knew number three, I was going to have to do it because from past experiences, uh, I was either going to do it or I was going to get chastised. So, you know, it don't take but one or two chastisements from the Lord to get you to wake up and understand that the next time God asks you to do something, you're going to try your best to do it. And in Exodus three sixteen, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. Children of God, he has the Lord has visited us. He knows what we're going through. He's been there. Now then, we need to turn everything over to him and listen to him, and he will get us through this unscathed, stronger on the other side, but we're going to have to do some listening, and we're going to have to do some obeying. Proverbs 15, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil, and the good. He sees everything we do. It doesn't matter uh, where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in the closet, out in the open. If you're in the deepest, darkest cave, God still sees you. David, I believe it was David, found that out when he was running from the Lord. And he, ran, he hid in the cave and he went down as deep as he could and back as far back as he could. And he said the Lord was still there. He couldn't get away from him. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work unto judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So all those things that you are doing that you're thinking that you're hiding from the Lord, he sees every one of them. There's nothing in this world that you can hide. There's no place that you can go in this world to hide from God. Nowhere. God generates the plan, the mission for Moses to rescue the Israelites from the suffering that he's been, he's been seeing that they're in. God commands Moses. He, he's, he's about to set out to Moses his plan of exactly how things are going to go. No, it's not going to be an overnight thing. This is going to be over a, a period. I don't know exactly how, how much of a period of time that uh, from the, when Moses first walked into Pharaoh and spoke to him till Pharaoh actually let the people go. I don't know what the timeline is, but it, it took a while it wasn't an overnight thing. But Exodus 3.10 says, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I feel today that there is a similar calling to each and every one of God's children. God is wanting us to go out and to tell people about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
lead people to Jesus. But we have got to to go to the Lord, and we have got to ask Him to lead and guide and direct us and give Him give us knowledge and understanding and wisdom so that we will know exactly how to lead these people once we get once that God points them out to us and tells us that this person needs to needs to be told about the Lord and then we need the wisdom to know exactly how to go about telling them because every person is going to be different there's some people you can just walk up to and and just basically tell them if they don't get their heart right with God they're going to go to hell and they could give their heart and life to God, but there's there's others that the old saying is you 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 have to be very gentle with them, you know you have to use the kid gloves on them and be very gentle. Everyone is different, so this is where we need the knowledge from Jesus to to go in and talk to these people. We just can't just go in and bust in and start blurting out stuff and telling them if they don't change their ways they're going to go to hell and all this stuff. Uh, they're not going to accept it. But see, when we are led by the Lord and we are following him and he is telling us what to say, then everything will work, fall into place just exactly the way that it's supposed to. But God has a specific request for Moses that are not known or even perceived by him. They require an extension of his effort and, and we will later note challenge his willingness to obey in other words okay lord god has told moses i want you to go lead my people out of out of egypt um okay moses thinking okay i'm going to go down there and i'm going to gather all these people up and and we're going to walk out of egypt <laughs> wrong uh that's not the way it's going to happen uh we 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 can't walk up to everybody that we come in contact with and tell them about the lord and them and them give their heart and life to the lord right there it, it's not going to happen uh, some people may never give their heart and life to god and then some people may do it right then and some people may do it later but the thing about it is is we have to plant that seed that one seed we have to plant that one seed we may water it later on or somebody else may water it and cultivate it but we, the seed needs to be planted in every soul. Matthew ten sixteen, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. He sends us out. Uh, into a world that is full of people that do not like us uh, uh, Christians not one bit they don't they don't like us they don't want to be around us uh, just like it was when the days of Jesus they would rather us be dead and gone than have to pull with us and put up with us mark 3:14 and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. Mark 6, 7. And he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. Um, God showed me something about this, this last uh, scripture, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. God reveals. 
God rewards those who seek him with knowledge of who he is. Moses knows that the foundation of his, his mission and the calling is being sent by God himself. He knows exactly who's sending him, and he knows who's called him. Without Moses, uh, without whom Moses would certainly not be going to Egypt for a confrontation with Pharaoh. <laughs> no, I, and I, I know exactly how Moses feels right there. If it wasn't for the Lord, I would not be sitting here doing this right now. I know that for a fact, but it was through his leadership and his guidance and his teaching that I am here doing this right now. Only, only through him do I do this. It's nothing in me. Sure, I have to study and I have to pray all the things I normally should be doing to begin with. But Lord just wanted me to use that knowledge that he gave me in a different way. And I know, I know what he's like. Uh, because, like I said, if it wasn't for the Lord, I would not be doing this. Because I, in the first place, like I said, when I started out doing this, I did not want a... Uh, a position to where that I had to get up in front of people and speak. I did not want a position to where that I was going to be the teacher. I wanted to be the one sitting back and learning all this stuff from someone else. But the Lord said, no, you're going to be the one that I use to teach the people. I said, okay, good Lord, you know the best. But I still think you made a mistake. <laughs> you know how we are. You know how we think we've got everything figured out and everything's, everything should be the way that we think it is. So Moses asked for more understanding from, from God of his rescuing. In Exodus 3.13, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? All right, God. Uh, I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to tell them that the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, sent me to them to lead them out of, out of Egypt. Now then, they're going to want to know what your name is. Is Moses stalling here? Mm, quite possibly. He, he's quite possibly stalling. He, he's, he's mulling this over in his mind, and he, he's trying to figure out exactly what the, the old saying is, exactly what the punchline is, because he, he knows that there's something more here. He just ain't figured out what it is yet. And as Moses engages in God's plan, his sense of neediness to know about God's increases, God reveals to Moses his name. And you know, I tell you what, this, this is the one of the greatest names that God could ever have. Exodus 3 and 14, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. I mean, that says it all. And if you think about it, whatever you need, God is. It doesn't matter. You need somebody to free you from uh, from uh, sin. God can. You need somebody to uh, free you from sickness. God is your healer. 
you know, I am. I am your defender. I am your rescuer. I am your provider. I am your strong tower. Whatever, I am your lawyer. Whatever we need, God is. So it doesn't matter what is going on in your life, God is. And, and I mean, that, that's just as plain as it can get. But God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. I am. What do you need? You need deliverance? I am your deliverer. You need healing? I am your healer. Whatever you need, I am. So that, that's one of the greatest names that God could ever, could ever be called. I am. Because anything you need, he is. God prepares. And <laughs> let me tell you for a fact that God will prepare you. The, the thing about it is, is are we going to listen or are we going to uh, go into this thing haphazardly because we think we can figure it out better than God can? But Moses continues to prepare for his obedience to the sending of God through a prayer dialogue. Moses is given an uh, opening to ask his questions of the Lord about his calling. One question he asks is this. Exodus 4.1, Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. You know, and I, I, can, I can relate to, I can understand exactly why Moses said that. Because just, just think, children of God, just think about the life that you have lived up until you gave your heart and life to God. I mean, some of us, you know, it, it, you know, it's not bad. And some of us, we've, we've done a lot of bad, really, really bad things. And when we finally give our heart and life to God and we started following God, you know, uh, that was a big change. And I'm, I am very sure that there was a lot of, Christian people out there that was looking at Asa and telling, say, well, that ain't going to last long. He'll be back out before you know it. Uh, oh, that's just put on. You know, he's just looking for a handout or something. All these different things that they, they say about us. And if you remember, Moses had to leave Egypt because he killed an, an Egyptian. And somebody seen him, and Pharaoh found out about it, and Pharaoh was going to kill him, so... That's the reason why he ended up Midian and and married his wife. And uh, then he ended up uh, out in the desert by himself uh, or out in the wilderness by himself tending his father-in-law's sheep. And, you know, and and I, I tell you what, and that if I was living back in the time of Moses, that would be my ideal job. Put me out there away from everybody with animals and just leave me alone. And that's where Mo that's where Moses was at. But you see, the thing about it is, is the Lord had everything under control. He, the Lord put Moses in the bulrushes in this ark so that he could uh, learn from the, some of the greatest minds it was in Egypt at that time. And then he 
had to get him out of Egypt and away from everybody, and he he sent him to Midian, and he ended up uh, out in the wilderness tending his father-in-law's sheep by himself so that the Lord could talk to him without any distractions while he was out there. So now then, he's had earthly learnings. From now then, the Lord has got him out here in the wilderness, and he's going to teach him the heavenly learning. That's the learning that I wish that I had learned a long time ago because uh, the more I learn, the more I want to learn, and the more I understand that I, I need to learn. Number five, God promises. Moses also inquires with the Lord about his inability to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's me, Lord, right there. Exodus 4.10, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Now, I am I'm not a very eloquent person. I know there's words sometimes that I could use that would make me sound better and everything, but I'm just an old country boy, you know, and I, I don't, there's a lot of them big words that I read when I'm studying everything, and, and uh, I've got to look at the dictionary and find out what they mean and how to say them because I ain't got a clue. And, you know, and I'm just, I'm just down to earth, and I just tell it like it is, the way that the Bible is. It's just a very plain book that we, we take time and we read and we study, and it, it tells us just exactly how it is. And, you know, we don't have to be no great big eloquent speaker with these uh, 50 75 and $100 words. You give me them $2 words, and I can understand you a whole lot better. But he said, I'm slow of speech. I don't know. I, I have never really found out exactly what his speech uh, impairment was, where he was just uh, had to think about what he said before he said it, or whether he he maybe stuttered or whatever it was. But they was something that that he thought that he could tell the Lord that he had that he could get out of doing that job because he's done figured out that uh, this is going to be a little bit more than I want to do. And, but how would he address Pharaoh and the Israelite people when he was not an able public speaker? I, I, my question, Lord, how can I do this? And come find it out, and I was wrong, the Lord's right. Imagine that. Exodus 4, 11 and 12. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf? or the seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. It doesn't matter. You obey me. I will give you the tools that you need, and I will qualify you and equip you to do whatever job that I have called you to do. Don't worry about it. Just do it. And 
you know, that's where we get in a lot of trouble a lot of times. I know I did many years ago. I, I tried to tell the Lord that, hey, <laughs> there's no possible way that I can do this. I mean, I mean, Lord, listen to me. I, and you know, I, I forget words, and, and there's words that I know that I should be saying, and I can't think of them. I mean, come on, Lord. And and besides, I've got this really bad fright of standing up in front of people and speaking. The Lord said, you'll be all right. As long as you trust in me and as long as you follow me, you'll be fine. You'll do, you'll do great. And I said, you got me mixed up somebody else. The Lord said, "No, that's see that's this is this is the same place that Moses was at. This is a, something that has been from from since time began is man trying to get out of doing what God wants them to do because they man thinks that they are not qualified and cannot do whatever that thing is that God wants them to do. But trust me, if you will open, if you will walk through that door when it's open." You will be able to do whatever God tells you to do, and it will be one of the simplest, easiest things that you ever do in your life. Because when God takes control and you give God complete control of your life, it just flows. A natural flow. It's, it's just... It, I, that's about the best way I can explain it, but it, it's just something that is very simple. But just as God's character is the foundation of Moses' confidence, so God's ability and willingness to act on Moses' behalf to accomplish his purpose is intended to deliver itself to Moses' fears. Because Moses accepted finally to do it god made a way god used him and god moved in a great and a mighty way in his life he led the children out of egypt yes he got in trouble in the wilderness uh he didn't make it over into the promised land but god blessed him and used him in some great and mighty ways Finally, we, and number six, finally we see Moses' questions push aside of the bound, push outside of the boundaries of obedience when he seeks to shrink from the calling and command of God. Moses asks for another to be sent instead, and God gets mad at him. And he said, Oh, my Lord. Send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart, and thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth, and I will be th with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. Do not tell God you can't do something because he will prove you wrong every time. And the one thing that I, I was talking about in that one verse uh, about how the, uh, God called them out two by two, uh, Mark 6 and 7, 
uh, he called them unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two. Well, here we got the same thing way back before then. Moses and Aaron are going to team up and go together to Pharaoh. And it always helps. Uh, it always helps to have two people have somebody that has your back. Let me put that. God always has your back, but it's, it's, it's just something that is reassuring about someone being there with you that you can rely on and count on to, as you go forward to do the work that God has put before you. Without punishment, God meets Moses yet another kind provision of Moses' new partner, God gives Moses tremendous grace embedded in the kind nature of this response. <laughs> yeah, God will give you a lot of grace. He will give you a lot of le a leeway. He will, um, he will work with you in a lot of things. But uh, if you continually make, uh, make uh, excuses, and give what you think are reasons for not doing what the Lord wants you to do, and you continue to not do that, sooner or later, the Lord is going to get angry with you, and either one of two things are going to happen. He's either going to get you to the point of where that you do it, or he's going to chastise you until you do do it. And like I said, his chastisement is not fun. It, it will get your attention in a hurry. But he, he got angry with Moses, and then he told him, he said, fine, that's the way you want to be? I've got a solution for that problem. So he, he told him, he said, Aaron, he can, he can speak real well. Now then, I'm going to send you both down there to deliver these people out. Aaron, what you're going to do, what's going to happen is I'm going to tell you what to tell Pharaoh. You're going to tell Aaron what I say, and Aaron's going to tell Pharaoh what you said. And this way, everything, you don't have to speak to Pharaoh. You just have to speak to your brother, which you're comfortable with, and that way, Aaron, he can be the bold one, and he can be the one to speak to Pharaoh and tell him exactly what I say. God has a solution for every one of our reasons why that we can't do something, which are not reasons or excuses, but he has a solution for each and every one of them, just as he did for Moses back when he was trying to get out of going in and leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. He, he, it's one of those things that I, I've been there. It's one of those things that you, you want to do, but you don't want to do. You, you, you think it's a, uh, it's a cool thing to do. You think it's, it's something that would really be great to do, but not me, uh, you know, um, not me. You need you need to find somebody else, you know, and, and not me because I can give you four or five reasons why that uh, that's a that's a bad choice to get me try to do that. And that's what Moses was trying to tell God. You know, I've, I've got I've got many reasons 
the one biggest one is it's it i can't talk i'm i'm not eloquent i'm i'm slow to speech uh and you know and I, um i just can't talk that well but god said fine be that way i'll send aaron with you i'll tell you you tell aaron aaron tells pharaoh problem solved now then go and you know that's that's what he's telling us today it's a go don't worry about the don't the old saying is don't sweat the small stuff you go out and you do exactly what i want you to do and i'm going to be in charge and i'm going to give you everything you need to do the job that you need to do and everything's going to be fine everything's going to work out just exactly the way i want to do it but as long as we we give our heart and life to god and we pray and we study and we we trust in the lord then you know that's that's the biggest thing is trusting in god and following him and listening to him and as long as we do those things everything is going to work out the way that god wants them to it's when we get in ourselves and we we get uh we we go along and we start uh doing the work that the lord has got uh, for us to do and and everything's going along great and he's blessing us people are bragging on us and oh we think you know that we're really something because we have got all these people following us and and they're bragging on us and we're really doing a great thing that's when we're about to fall is when we get to the point of time where we're thinking that we're doing something that's great let me tell you something without the lord there is no way that I could do the jobs that Jesus has set before me to do. There's no way. I cannot do them. I'll, I will not do them. And, you know, my one prayer is don't never let me get above my raisin. <laughs> don't never let me get to the point where that I think that I am really something. Sure, I like to hear people tell me uh, that, uh, you know, I've done good teaching. I, li I love to hear that, but then the thought of me talk comes to me. It's not me. It's Jesus that does this. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a servant. I'm someone that's being used. Jesus is the one that's doing the talking. He's the one that's doing the directing. He's the one that's, a, it, he's the one that's in the driver's seat in my life. It ain't me because without him, I'm nothing. But through and by him, I can do all things. But it's through Jesus, not by myself. Listen, I thank you all for listening. And I hope you got something out of this. I hope you enjoyed it. And until the next time, I hope that God blesses you all in a great and a mighty way.